We've got you covered. The Mulberry Lane Show. Now, here's Mulberry Lane. Well, you may know her from her best-selling young adult trilogy, The Grisha Trilogy, or the first book in the duology, Six of Crows. Author Lee Bardugo, well-loved by her fans and readers, is here to chat about the sequel to Six of Crows called Crooked Kingdom. Lee Bardugo on the show, Crooked Kingdom, Six of Crows, yeah, yeah. That is the best. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, it's awesome having you here. Good to be here. Okay, so now Crooked Kingdom takes off where Six of Crows left off, which is set in the same world as the Grisha trilogy, but a different location. So how do you go about creating this imaginary universe? Did the story or the world come to you first? For me, it really starts with a story, and it starts with the characters. I wrote the Grisha trilogy starting with an outline that, for me, was really more about power and sense of order in the world than okay. a sense of place. And the world really came together through research and over the course of revising the draft. Okay. And Six of Crows was a little different because I'd established the world already, but I also needed to make it accessible for people who hadn't read the trilogy because you don't have to read the trilogy to read Six of Crows. Okay. And it was a little bit different because I'd been imagining this place for so long and really had it in my head while I was writing the trilogy as well. Okay. You basically live there. Uh, I'm glad I don't live there because there's a good chance I would get mugged and have my pocket picked, but you know. Okay, so now this story is told from multiple points of view of six different characters. So when did you know that this was the way this story had to be told? Well, Six of Crows is a heist novel. You know, it's about six kids who have to break into a fortress that's never been breached before. And the thing about heists is it's really about, you know, what kind of information the audience, your readers, has at the time. So for me, multiple POV was definitely something I knew was going to be a part of the story from moment one. It was a really organic choice. Okay. So then as far as keeping track of the characters, their thoughts, their points of view... Is that something that takes a really organized mind to do, or because you know the characters, it just flows? I mean, it's possible that it would be easier for an organized mind. I wouldn't know because I don't have an organized mind. That's good to hear. <laughs> I'm not like that. I'm one of those people who has a whiteboard and notes all over every okay. surface and you know things taped to my wall. But I will say um, I wrote Six of Crows and Crooked Kingdom in a program called Scrivener okay. that allowed me to color code the POVs. It's really helpful if you need to jump around a draft pretty frequently. Okay. So that was sort of how I kept a handle on all those different stories. Gotcha. Now, in creating your own world, you kind of get to decide which things from the actual real world enter into your world. And, you know, opinions, events, was there thought into, you know, that's not coming in my world? <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's really, that's an interesting question. I mean, I can say that we do make those choices. I have LGBT characters in my books, and in my world, it's completely, nobody has any prejudice against that at all. It's okay. a completely just accepted thing. Uh-huh. And, you know, that was a particular choice. Um, there were also choices about, you know, you know, the fact is that in the real world, gang life and um, criminal life is incredibly sexist really a frightening place to be for for young women mm-hmm. and so I was a little more egalitarian because I didn't want to create a world where we had the same level of sexism and misogyny in that criminal underground so okay. you have somebody like Inej who definitely has to keep sort of fighting for respect in her crew but she is definitely able to exist in that world equal opportunity criminals exactly <laughs> You're listening to the Mulberry Lane Show right now, chatting with Lee Bardugo, author of the brand new book, Crooked Kingdom, which follows up Six of Crows. 
Now, as an artist and a writer, and you're also in a band, so you're obviously highly creative. How susceptible are you to the praise your books get and also criticisms you might hear? I mean, here's the thing. When I have a new book come out, I read reviews, I spend a lot of time on social media, and then I try to get away from that because the fact is it gets in your head. Even the good stuff is pretty poisonous to creativity because then all you're thinking about is how to recreate that. I always say that scared artists make bad art, and Mm -hmm. I think if you're constantly thinking about pleasing people or what people think they want, you're not going to write a good story. How do you get out of that mindset if you find yourself there? The big thing, and this is something I recommend to all creative people, is to get offline. Take a hiatus, and don't be on social media. Take the apps off of your phone. You know, if you have to check in, then check in for a half hour every day, but really protect yourself and your process and creative thinking, because all those voices are just going to add to the critical voices in your head. Yeah. Got enough of those in your own head. (laughs) No, I love how the low point in your life kind of birthed your writing career for you. So what can you share about that time that allowed you to blossom in this new direction? Look, I had a lot of jobs before I had my dream job. And, you know, when my dad passed away, I left a pretty reasonable... I used to write movie trailers for a living. So I left this very good day job that was very suited to my abilities. I quit my job, and I went into a field I knew nothing about. And I became a makeup and special effects artist. And I have to say, even though it was probably a crazy thing to do in terms of finances and things like, oh, say, health insurance, (laughs) it was a really good thing in a lot of ways because instead of being tired from writing all day and flexing that muscle all day, even though I would go to set and be on my feet for 10 or 12 hours at a time, I would come home physically exhausted but really ready to write. And I think also I had just, I was in a place where, you know, it was kind of do or die. I was in a terrible marriage and I was completely broke and I was in a career that I wasn't particularly good at and didn't enjoy. And I had always wanted to be a writer, but I'd never managed to finish a book. And I made a deal with myself that I was going to do it. I was going to write the worst book ever, but it was going to be done. And the first draft of Shadow and Bone was, in fact, absolutely terrible, but then I had something to work with and there was enough good stuff in there to excavate and turn into a book I could be proud of. Now, did you seek out mentors at that time? No. I mean, you know, to a certain extent, I think a few people get very lucky and find mentors or fairy godmothers to take them under their wing and be like, hey, kid, you got moxie, but (laughs) my life has not been particularly like that. I was 35 when I wrote my first book, and it was really about getting the story on the page, and then I queried blind. I didn't know anybody. I went out and made a list of agents, and I came off the slush pile, and luckily enough, Joanna Volpe signed me, and she has been my champion since then and I could not be luckier. And what advice would you have to that young female writer that envisions having a career like you? You know, my advice is not just to the young ones because like I said, I was 35 and I think we have this idea that you have to make it when you're, you know, still spry and dewy and you really don't. As long as you have a story to tell, people are always going to want to hear it if it's a good one. So my advice to you is one, there's no expiration date on your talent and two, finish a draft. Stop talking about the idea or researching or planning and just get the story onto the page, messy, ugly, trite, whatever it is, but get a full first draft onto the page and you'll go back and fix it later. I love that advice. And I like what you're saying because it's almost like it all clicked for you when you made promises to yourself that you were going to do this. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to commit. Writing is not always fun, even when it's your calling, even when it's what you've always dreamed of. 
the days when you feel like a genius are the best days. Yeah. But there are plenty of days when you feel like it's not only a job, but a, a job you're not very good at. Mm-hmm. And you still have to do it on those days anyway. Yeah. So now having made movie trailers and done the makeup, do you envision these books on the big screen? I mean, sure. I would love to see these books adapted uh, for television or film. We're waiting to see the right person to come along. And okay. maybe that's silly, but... You know, there's a lot of really bad adaptations out there, so we're hoping to place it in good hands. Uh And then what do you hope that the reader will take away after reading Crooked Kingdom? You know, I hope that people find whatever they need in the book. For me, reading was really an escape. It wasn't just a place to go to for wish fulfillment, but it was a place where the stakes were high and where, you know, I got to live other lives for a short period of time. So if my books can be that for somebody, then I'm perfectly happy. And if they come out on the other side feeling a little stronger, I wouldn't mind that either. And who doesn't want to feel a little stronger in life, you know? Yeah. All right, well, Lee, we want to thank you so much for sharing your vision and your art. Great to hear about how you approach your craft, and thank you for sharing that with us. My pleasure. Thank you guys for having me. Author Lee Bardugo with her new book, Crooked Kingdom, the brand new sequel to her best-selling book, Six of Crows. Well, up next, you're going to meet publishing legend Jean Fywell, and she's going to tell you about swoonreads.com for aspiring writers. Now, this is like the X factor of book publishing, and you're going to want to hear about it. Keep it right here with us on the Mulberry Lane Show, brought to you by OmahaWorldCup2017.com.